Our lesson this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13. Please stand. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Here ends the reading. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, indeed, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Lena was late for church again. Her real name isn't really Lena. I just gave that name to her. Lena was late to church again. After 18 years, the weight of her shoulders that had pulled her down so close to the ground for so many years made it so incredibly difficult just to get up in the morning For 18 years, something had been pulling on her head and her neck, and she couldn't look you in the eye. All she could do is look down at her shoes. Sure, Lena could turn and see you from a distance at the side, but never look straight up into your eyes. She came in late because it took so long to get that bent-over body moving in the morning. She walked in late during the sermon, We see you walking in late during the sermon, by the way. (laughs) She walks in late and sits in the back where she has always sat because everybody knows who Lena is. Her family of faith loves her and has surrounded her with care for 18 years. And she quietly and gently sits in the back and makes her home with her family. But before she can bend her knees to get all the way down, Jesus, the guest preacher of the day, sees her walking in and calls her by name, Lena, come over here. And Jesus lays his hands on her weary shoulders. And suddenly, vertebrae by vertebrae, Breath by breath. For the first time in 18 years, Lena stands up 
And Jesus looks her square in the eyes and says, Beloved child, you are healed. And with the cackle of a beloved Lena in the back of the congregation, she exclaims, Thanks be to God! The congregation that has known her for so long comes almost out of their chairs, ready to cheer. The beloved one who had bent over for so long has been made well. The congregation is palpably excited with the healing of this woman because Jesus' sermon was kind of boring anyway. But the preacher, the leader of that synagogue, who had yielded his time to Jesus on this particular day, also stands up. And approaching Jesus with all the indignation of a pastor protecting the members of his congregation, looks Jesus in the eye indignantly and says, what are you doing? It's crazy, first of all, that they're not impressed by the healing, but rather on the doing of it on that day. And with all the indignance they can muster of a pastor preaching to the guest who has suddenly invaded their congregation, says, for six days you can heal anytime you want, anytime during any day, except for this one. Today is a day for rest. Jesus, you know this. Today is a day to just chill out. These are the rules. You see, it, at first it sounded so silly to me. Why in the world would anybody bother interrupting somebody who is making somebody well? But the priests and the leaders aren't wrong. In fact, if you had known and had been a slave for all of those years, and so had your ancestors, your parents and their parents and their parents before, who were forced to work all the time, every day, slave labor for somebody else, the Sabbath day was important. It was the day that you were reminded you were no longer a slave, and today was the day too. Rest. Jesus, what are you doing? You don't heal today. It's a reminder, in fact, to me that those of us who are always on the side of law and order are not wrong. The laws and the order are there to keep us safe and protected. At their best, laws and rules keep us from hurting ourselves and one another. But Jesus has a response. He straightens himself up and he looks them in the eye. Do you not have a donkey? Do you not have an animal? And on the Sabbath, when they're thirsty, will you not untie them and give them a drink of water? A donkey? Why would you then be so upset that this daughter of Abraham, who has been bent over for 18 years, now suddenly can stand and look each other in the eye? Preachers are still indignant. If you break this one rule, well then, what more are you going to break? But Jesus pushes back. There is no law against compassion. 
There is no law against kindness. There is no law against healing. There is no law against love. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about interpreting the law through the lens of love. In your politics, in your policy, in immigration, in justice. The lens of love is the one through which Jesus always interprets the law. There is no law against love. And as it happens, the congregation who loves Lena cheers. And unfortunately, the preacher is put to shame. Unlike Lena, Maddie Holleran was tall and beautiful and smart and fast. Maddie grew up in a large family just outside of New York in a little bedroom community in New Jersey. And as a senior in high school, Maddie was so fast, she was winning all of the track meets that she entered. She was an academic all-American and in fact was at the top of her class getting spectacular grades. Her and her friends would all apply and actually end up getting into Ivy League schools. Her friends to Princeton, her to the University of Pennsylvania, where she had always dreamed of being a track star and a track runner. By all accounts, Maddie was alive in such a way that her whole life was all out in front of her. Her Facebook page and Instagram appeared to be covered with pictures of her and her friends smiling beautifully after winning track meets and scoring well on their SATs. Maddie was anxious but excited that freshman year when she was getting ready to go to school that summer. That anxiety and excitement of getting to go to college for the first time filled the stomachs of her and her friends as she got her new supplies, got things for her dorm, met her new friends. But it wasn't long after she arrived at the University of Pennsylvania and started all of the activities that she was required to do as the budding star that she was, when suddenly the weight of it all hung upon her shoulders. All of a sudden, she wasn't the fastest anymore. With a new group of peers who often could outrun her, all of a sudden, Maddie wasn't the smartest anymore. And she wasn't getting the grades that she used to get. And all of a sudden, Maddie wasn't as beautiful because there were so many others around her. Maddie comes home after her freshman year, her first semester, and Maddie tells her parents, and Maddie tells her counselor, she's not sure she's really ready to go back to school again. She's bent over with the weight of the pressure of who she is supposed to become. Spending two weeks with her loving family, she reticently packs up her bags and heads back to school. 
Only weeks after returning for the second semester, the weight of practice and the pressure of academics pull on Maddie's shoulders, and she climbs to the top of a building in downtown Philadelphia and lets the weight of gravity have its way with her life. Lena's ailment so visible, Maddie's so hidden and silent. fortunate thing is that Maddie turns out to be an outlier. Most of our students and most of us survive the academic pressure of those first few months and years of school where our identities get turned inside out because who we thought we were supposed to be maybe never was. When our kids go off to school, we all know the pain and anxiety of suddenly becoming someone that we are not. But what the outliers like Maddie reveal is the toxic nature of our culture of expectations and the demands of the performance of perfection that all of us feel. And far too often, we all run too fast to notice the ones who are so bent over. Or maybe we are all so bent over in running the race of perfection and success that all we can see are our own shoes. The promise of the story of Lena and Jesus and the preacher is actually quite simple. You are beloved. Just sitting there, just breathing. You are not defined by your success or your failure, by your finances or how fast you run, or how good you look. The promise of today's story is so incredibly simple and the most important thing you can ever take into your heart. In your bent-overness, Jesus sees you, calls you by name, loves you, and gives you the only identity that is worth anything Beloved child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Forever. Amen.